On this week's NFT SDN Reality Check, we will attempt to tackle some of the uh, numerous news announcements coming out of the Mobile World Congress event, as well as some analyst insight on the NFT space, and touch on uh, HP's latest deal with Telefonica. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Thanks for joining us this week on the NFT SDN Reality Check. I'm here with Stan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. This week was the uh, big annual Mobile World Congress event in Barcelona, Spain, which uh, showed uh, pretty much the whole wireless industry was at uh, looking at all the latest news in the uh, wireless industry news. That news included dozens of announcements surrounding the virtualization space with telecom operators and vendors laying out their plans for the market. Many of these items we covered this week and can be read on the rcrwireless.com site. We also have dozens of video interviews and demonstrations from the event on the RCR TV site, so please check those out. One of those announcements this week was a deal between Telefonica and HP. The deal calls for HP to act as the technology provider and systems integrator for Telefonica's virtualization infrastructure. That infrastructure launched under the Project Unica title. The deal calls for Telefonica to implement HP's end-to-end -end open NFP platform stack, including server, software, orchestration, and networking technologies, as well as HP's Helion open tech technology and services. I spoke with Sar Jelai, who's senior VP and GM for NFV at Hewlett Packard, about the deal. Right. I mean, this is not a POC. This is a full rollout. Um, Telefonica, you know, very big, one of the biggest telcos in the world. Enrique Blanco, their CTO, is driving a full transformation there. You, you know, they announced Telefonica last year, right? They announced, sorry, they announced Unica last year, uh, and uh, you know. We're, we're really excited here to be selected, you know, as, as not only the technology provider, but also the system integrator for them, right, on this whole network. And, you know, it's, this is a huge, huge deal uh, for us. It's a great validation, uh, you know, for our open NFV strategy and platform. And, you know, this is, I think it's going to be a fundamental shift here. Gotcha, gotcha. How important is it to get this carrier support on this? I mean, obviously, it seems like this has been an initiative that uh, the carriers have been behind, it seems like. I mean, obviously, carriers, AT&T, Telefonica, NTT, all these companies have really been behind this kind of push towards virtualization. How important is it to have these carriers really on board and, and, and actually vocal about these, these kind of deals that are coming out for, for you guys? Well, yeah, well, look, I mean, for, the good news is it's an initiative by the carriers, right? So it's not a technology looking for a customer. It's a customer looking for technology. That's always a better place to be, right? Uh, you know, so that's the good news. Now, you know, there, there's a spectrum of, of where they are, right? There's, there's folks like Telefonica who are visionary and are really out there looking to go full, full board. And there's other folks who are just dipping their toes in and they're saying, okay, let's try something and see what it works. Uh, obviously, it's great to have someone like Telefonica really push forward and prove that this can be done because all of them want to do it as mm -hmm. fast as possible because the benefits are so strong. Uh, but we're seeing in the last year, you know, a lot more movement from POCs to deployments. But this is obviously a much larger element here with someone like Telefonica doing this because it's such a huge deal in yeah. terms of what they're planning to do. Yeah. I mean, is there a concern about being, you know, maybe early to market on this? I mean, I know, you know, you guys and a lot of companies have been working behind the scenes on NFV for a long time, but it still seems like you're pretty early in the process and there's still lots of standards issues and things that need to be worked out. Uh, is there a challenge or a concern being, early to market on this, or do you think that that is pretty necessary to really drive, uh, to, to really meet those deadlines that these operators seem to be kind of pushing to really, you know, roll out virtualization into their, into their market, into their networks? Well, you know, the whole concept of NFV is to move faster. 
right? So we're moving from, you know, three-year, four-year life cycles to, you know, cloud, you know, internet speed and so forth. So I think they're using that as an element. Whenever you do that, obviously there's going to be challenges and part of what they want is to work with someone like HP who's got both telco and IT capabilities. So we understand, you know, we have the telco with IT speed, with our Helium, with our cloud, but we understand telco. And I think that's important. Uh, and so, yeah, there will be challenges, but they got to go fast. And part of moving to this architecture is understanding that you have to move at a DevOps sort of model. You can't just do things in a very sequential fashion, because if you do, you're going to get overrun by the OTTs, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's, it's uh, I, and also I think the technology is there. Like, obviously, there's a lot more that has to be done, but, you know, VNFs are running, things are working. So I think, and if you look at what people are doing, like they're not doing everything in five minutes, right? They're going to roll out in stages and so on, improve it and get it working and learn it. But, uh, you know, I think it's time. I think they, they see there's enough working now that they can move to deployments. Got it. Well, there was an abundance of NFV and nesting related news at the Mobile Congress event this week. The market itself is still trying to nail down business models and real timelines for the deployment of NFV and SDN. RCR Wireless News caught up with current analysis, Peter Jarek, Affirm CEO, Dr. Hassan Ahmed, and Elephant Talk CTO and COO, Martin Zerbier, on the topic. Jarek led the discussion looking at potential OPEX and CAPEX savings that can be gleaned from the deployment of NFV. Also how operators can monetize their investments in virtualization and predictions on the timing of NFV rollouts. First question is, a lot of the focus we've seen, the early interest in virtualization, whether it's network virtualization, SDN, or function virtualization with NFV, has been a lot of, on the technical side of things, savings, right? The benefits, that's where operators are sort of thinking about first, right? So maybe, Hassan, you can share some of what you're seeing, OpEx, CapEx, how does that save you? And what are the key benefits? You talked about the trials that you guys have in place, the proof of concepts and the commercial work. What are you seeing out there in terms of actually the benefits that are being realized and how operators are looking at it? Sure. Um, I guess, Peter, one of the, excuse me for my voice here, and one of the things about uh, virtualization is it's really a very big transition of the world's networks when you get right down to it. And um, uh, it's really in a lot of ways market driven. At the end of the day, the operator's business model really needs to evolve in a meaningful way. Um, it, you know, as, with the growth of data, the economics of, of scaling has to has to improve. And the other thing, frankly, is operators need to participate in the internet economy and and create services that allow them to monetize the internet economy. And so. What virtualization really does for the for uh, networks is bring both of those facets together in one place. We're able to um, uh, reduce a network that is typically made up of a collection of very expensive boxes to a set of virtualized software functions running on off-the-shelf hardware. That's typically where people focus for CapEx reduction. But the reality is that if you do virtualization well and you really think about the overall service architecture, then you can make it dramatically easy to create new services and also just to manage existing services. You know, the statistic basically is in today's networks, to make even the smallest service change is about a nine-month experience, and with the service architecture that we do at Affirmed, you can do that in literally hours, and uh, that really helps the operators' capex and their revenue generation capacity. And that's why I think this is a technology that's really going to underlie the networks for a long time. So I, I guess maybe then just a, a quick question on that. When you talk about this being about transformation of the operator, does the operator really need to be in that mindset of, I'm going to put a lot of time behind transforming myself? Because that's, that's tough for some operators. I mean, you guys worked, obviously, you were announced last year on uh, the work with AT&T, who's clearly a thought leader in terms of transforming their mm -hmm. network. 
a lot of other folks might not be quite at that same, I don't want to say revolutionary spot, but I mean, how should they think about that, of who, who this is right for? Sure. Uh, and look, I think I think networks are going to transform regardless. It's, it's something you can get there rapidly, uh, the way uh, the folks at AT&T have been with thought leadership. You can get there incrementally, but either way, you're going to end up in, in, in a spot where networks are meaningfully transformed. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you quite honestly, um, uh, what, what we see, even in the um, uh, initial steps that people take, they're they're focused on reducing costs as the first step, largely because um, data is growing at a much faster rate than the old architecture can be commoditized. Sure. Yeah. Outside of Packacore, what do you guys see in an elephant talk in terms of the savings? Now we see, and depending of course where actually a mobile operator stands at that point, we see savings up to a TCO of 75% minus, sometimes even 80%. So, so when you really talk that uh, time and as he was talking, as I was talking, time to implement is like uh, from two years back to four months. Uh, time to have a new price list inside is from uh, four months to uh, five minutes when it's necessary, including data throttling and everything automated. Because it is not only so that the systems, because when you have legacy systems built next to each other and on top and on top and, you know, they build further on top and it becomes more legacy, you need more people to control. Actually, these systems, of, because it's all software, fertilization, we all talk about power CPU and memory. So what happens is that you, you actually start integrating all the elements much deeper. So because you have deeper integration between all the elements, you have more control of your full mobile operations. You have faster reactions to the market uh, when it is needed. You are actually becoming a leader because you can actually set the pace in the market. And that's actually, so it is not only the TCO, the total cost of ownership of the, let's say, systems. It's also the way how your market perspectives, how you go into the market with new products. And a change is actually completely the way an operator should think um, and actually is working. Great. Today. Great, wonderful. Thank you, guys. Great, great answer. So, Martin, I guess a good follow-up question. Let's think about monetization, right? When, when we talk with some of our customers, as they market NFE, as they market SDN, a lot of what they're thinking about is the savings, as you know, what we talked about. Monetization seems to be a harder issue. We all know you can't, you really can't save your way to growth, right? You can save your way to a profit, but you can't save your way to growth. How do you think about monetization and what opportunities, uh, let's say, NFE opens up for monetization? Well, that's a good question. The, um, when you look to the overall picture, yes, of the systems itself, and, and, and when you look to the possibilities, a mobile operator these days, and, and when I look to an iPhone or a, a Samsung, whatever, and you look to how beautiful it is with all the apps inside, actually, the new systems are actually net network function virtualization is actually an iPhone with all the apps inside. So based on that, actually, telecom itself becomes from very complexity a very simple system. So what happens is a mobile operator will go to the next phase in its possibilities. For instance, uses kept its own capacity in lines to the to, to many places in, in a country. Yeah, where actually it can connect to stadiums, bus stations, railways. So actually you start connecting other possibilities within the total system. But one other more very important element is that by going 4G, 5G, yes, 
you will get more people who will start hacking from around the world. More people have access to a hack. So what happens is the way how we build systems, actually, we also try to upgrade because we have more control to get more security. So when you look to the investment and you look to all the elements and you see with also, because we work fully API-based also, you can integrate banks, you can integrate access control, you can integrate identification control much better than anything else and more secure because we are the base, we are the core with direct information from the core. Data mining, when as it needed, you know, to protect and all kinds of other things are much more wide. Yes, that's the reason the Googles of this world are starting in MVNO because they yeah. see even with their elements, yes, you cannot it. get as much as when you are a system like ours, fertilized, yes, with all that information you have. So really security and new applications that allow you to attack new markets. Yes, and using your old systems like your lines and fibers to many, many locations in the countries for all kinds of other services. Because you actually can start concentrating, instead of concentrating only on the business what you're doing in selling a mobile op a mobile phone with, an, with a SIM card to have some minutes, you actually start using all your elements of all your systems in a different way. Your access control, you know, you get, because systems like a firm networks, you actually can go to parental control to a GTSN. You start controlling the complete environment, not only for the MNO, but also for the end customers. So your business model completely changes by the new things we are developing today. And are you seeing some of that, Hassan? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, Alphen uh has a vision that's uh, you know really leading edge. I, I would say actually, that you're, to your point about uh, monetization being a second thought in the operator's mind, that's that's pretty normal, I think, because you have to have a network before you can utilize it. Um, but but the one thing that's clear is it's going to happen, and the reason is that you can forecast very clearly that data access revenues, which have been growing in the operator's world, will start to tail off in about a three to four year time horizon. And therefore, you need digital services coming up to take up the slack in some sense. Um, the biggest problem in today's uh, legacy network architectures is just simply that they're so inflexible. It's a year-long experience to do anything. You look at the Googles of the world, as uh, as Martin mentioned, and and they can innovate much more rapidly. That's where the operator has to be, has to be able to innovate in internet time. And that's where um, the service architectures of NFV make a big difference. Uh, when you can reduce nine months to hours or minutes, now you can experiment with business models. Great. <coughs> Thanks, guys. So, Hassan, you guys have been at this for a while. We've been talking about this for a while. I mean, if we look back at it two years ago, well, World Congress 2013, we saw everyone talking about SDN. Half of what they talked about in SDN was really NFV. We didn't know the words very well. The market was trying to understand it. Last year, we talked a lot more about going forward. We saw some, some great initial work. AT&T on 30 with domain 2.0. We're slowly moving forward. We've got proven concepts. We talked about the trials. What does market timing look like? Because on the one hand, we know this is new. On the other hand, it feels like we've been talking about it for years, and yet we can't point to lots of great examples of where this is taking place. Are we at the place where we're going to start seeing commercial deployments and we can next year maybe say, here's commercial operations, how it's working, or, or do we still have more trials and, and POCs and purpose? Sure, that's a great question, Peter. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the market's here. Um, the last couple of years were about evangelizing, as, as you point out, but I think it's actually arrived, and I'll give you some data points to suggest why. First of all, we have a, a living proof in Elephant Talk who actually have been up and running with service for, for some time. At, at Affirmed, we have, uh, as I mentioned, about 
20 or so commercial deployments that we're involved in. Some of those tier one, they're all over the globe. Um, we have, um, you know, probably close to a dozen networks that are already live, have been for a while. So the use of NFV is definitely happening now. The, the points that I think underscore why the market is now is A, what we find is um, most operators are mentally on the page now of, uh, of looking at NFV as their, as their future architecture. Second of all, it used to be that people worried that when this new technology came along, could it really keep pace with the legacy? And in reality, what we've seen in the major deployments that we've been involved in is that our platform as new technology is now outperforming the best of the legacy. And what that means is that there's absolutely zero downside to the operator moving. And this, I think, is a tipping point in the marketplace where you'll just see this accelerate. And we see it in our in the number of deployments we're engaged in. Same, same <coughs> with Jewish Rail, we talk, Martin? Actually, you're in a country, I cannot see the name, names of the operator, but you're indeed in a country where we have a full virtualized, except one element, it's a full virtualized uh, system. And uh, we have presently uh, around 1.6 million customers on it. Yes, and we are. There are other countries already with more people on it, but this is an extremely important country for us uh, here in Spain, because actually the MNL here, they got the sense, they did understand what is going on, and and they gave us a chance actually to perform. And uh, we just launched also a second brand for them, uh, we, which is a post-pay brand, which is growing very very fast. Um, and, and when you look to that, um, uh, it, it's not anymore a sheet, it is fact. Uh, I think for a lot of mobile operators they still have to get used to it. And, and again, uh, the, the issue is that many don't believe it yet, because why the Ericsson's of this world, why the Huawei's of this world, why many others of this world who are, have big names are not there yet. Because there was a philosophy, you know, you had on one side the on-docs, you had on the other side the hardware vendors, and they all gave each other the space to live, yes. And then disruptive companies like us come, who have years of investment in actually the development of this, because it was the key, and we started from scratch. So actually, we all had the lessons from the past, we started from scratch again, and we tried to do it better. But it takes years to develop this. And I think we are now really on the point that we can prove, we can roll out things like that. And actually, we both have a very big partner, also called HP. And, and they actually really support us heavily, uh, also in rollouts worldwide. And, and when you look to this, that when you see the whole economic sphere coming together, I think that mobile operators very soon, they, they don't have a choice because the market pressure of the regulatory, of the price pressure goes so fast down that the legacy systems cannot uphold the price. And you cannot go keeping down 20% a year on a legacy system. It doesn't go like that. So it will change very fast, faster than people think actually. Great insight there from Peter, Hassan, and Martin. Obviously, it's an important topic uh, for the mobile, mobile telecom space and something that they're still trying to tackle. So great, uh, great in insight there. Well, that's it for this week's show. I want to uh, first thank our, thank our uh, crack production staff there back in Austin for doing a great job. Also, uh, I want to invite everybody back here next week to join us for another uh, episode of the NFE SD and Reality Check. We'll see you again next week. Thanks.